It is a real pleasure to welcome this guy. He was awesome for me last week when it was scramble time. He was trying to find guys that could do it, and he couldn't make it and everything else. He has a PT to deal with. And I said, hey, could you come back and let's try it again? And he said, yeah, no problem. Ladies and gentlemen, he is a seventh-round pick out of the University of Nebraska, Big Ten Cornhusker. Uh, last year, uh, he played in 11 games, a couple of starts, caught a handful of balls, including his first NFL touchdown out Buffalo way from one Aaron Rodgers this season. He's now the leader. He's the old man of this group. He's got three catches for 24 yards, including the big two-pointer yesterday. Ladies and gentlemen, Portland, Oregon native, please welcome number 83, Samari Toure. Wow, they love you. They love you. Welcome, Samari. Thanks for doing it. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. What was that like yesterday? Uh, I saw the post thing video in the locker room you guys are going absolutely nuts uh just the feel of being on the other end of what you felt in atlanta that had to be just remarkable uh yeah it was it was just a roller coaster i mean you guys saw it you know for the first three quarters uh it, it didn't look great you know down 17 points couldn't really get much going on offense they scored a touchdown on special teams you know but we just we just never lost face we never lost faith we never wavered uh, we all had each other's backs. You know, we, we kept the faith and kept the hope throughout the whole game, and it showed in the fourth quarter. We were talking to the coordinators today who said in the locker room at halftime there were actually guys talking amongst themselves, all right, let's try this, let's adjust this, let's change this a little bit, without the coaches really telling them and saying, look, we've got this. You guys are going, we got this. Yeah, and that, that's a sign of a really special team when it doesn't take the coaches to motivate you guys. You know, especially when we have a leader like Jay Love who – is keeping a straight face throughout the entire game. Like, it's really scary. Like, 17-0, I'm looking at him on the sideline, and he's, he never wavered. And, and that causes the rest of us to, to have faith as well. Yeah, Matt. So, so there's multiple fans here tonight that have the All You Need Is Love t-shirts on. You're starting to see a lot more of those. Talk about the relationship that you have with Jordan Love, that the other receivers have with Love, and how that's really started to develop now that he's QB1. Yeah, I mean, personally, me and J-Love have a great relationship. I mean, last year, I was inactive for the first six games, so I was on scout team with him. So I was kind of his go-to guy, you know, on scout on the scout team. And, you know, he was just always been a really humble guy, never never is, like, too cool for anything. So he's, he's just a dude that's really approachable, and that just makes it so easy to create good relationships with his receivers and the rest of his team. That's what I find fascinating about LaFleur talked about this, that there is a belief in Jordan amongst all of you young guys uh, that has just kind of organically manifested itself. There's been nothing that had to be said, look, like he's our leader, you got to follow him. It's just developed. I mean, he worked with Romeo and Christian in the offseason. Did you take part in any offseason stuff? Even before uh, camp began, but you no, know, that kind of yeah. stuff. You know? Yeah, it, just like I said, just a matter of him being approachable and being like one of the guys. Like, you know, with A Rod last year, he he was approachable as well. But it's like it's different because he's A Rod. You know, and it's such a big age difference between us and Jay Love. It just seems like he's like just one of the guys. So has any a big age difference, and also you're looking at that guy as one of the greatest guys to ever play the position. Right. Right. I mean. Jordan Love is younger, and he's finding his way and building the relationships at the same time. But there has to be some sort of – there had to have been some sort of pressure release. Not that Aaron was a bad guy or anything like that, but it, he was just such a dominating presence mm -hmm. for this entire – he was the face of the franchise. 
and, and in fact, probably the most important asset outside of the building you guys play in. It got to that point. That's not here. Now it's just kind of, it's us. It's all of us young guys. Yeah, because like I said, A-Rod is a great guy as well. well. But like he said, he's one of the greatest to ever do it. And with J-Love, like we know he had potential, but it's like we're all growing together with J-Love. This this is his first chance to go out there and show what what he can do. And we have a young receiving core as well, so it's like we're kind of all making that growth together, and it just makes everything a lot simpler. Is it? Is it easier to make mistakes with Jordan Love <laughs> than it was to make mistakes with Aaron Rodgers? Uh, I, I won't say so because Jay Love. I don't. I don't mean like in a negative way, but yeah. is it just uh, all I right? Mean, like, <laughs> nah, I didn't catch the hand signal there. Did, yeah, did yeah, you yeah, give yeah. Me that again, right? No, yeah, just yeah. But Jay Love got some of that in him too, where it's like you, you better know your stuff. You know mm. what I'm saying? Like making mistakes is never easy, especially being a Green Bay Packer because. Look, if A-Rod's not going to get on you, one of the coaches is going to get on you, or one of the vets is going to get on you. So no matter who's that quarterback, we try to be as perfect as possible. Steno says all the time, Adam Stenovitz, the offensive coordinator, we could tolerate mistakes, just not the same mistakes. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's, it's never – one thing that Steno always says is it's never a failure, you know, when you make a mistake if you learn from it. That, that's the biggest thing is if, if you do something wrong, you got to get it right the next time or else it's like, what are we doing? So – what was the point, Samore, where you guys really got the energy back and, and felt that this thing had turned yesterday? I mean, I think it just really started with the defense. I mean, they were getting stops all game. You know, they only gave up 10 points. The other seven came from the punt return. And it's just like, as an offense, we're like, we got to help them out. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's a complimentary game. The offense helps the defense. The defense helps the offense. So when we came out, you know, in that fourth quarter and they kept getting stops, they kept getting sacks, uh, you know, we were just like, you know, we got to turn it on. And as soon as you guys stopped with a false start here, a hold there, you know, yeah. legal formation there, you're not behind the chains. And then things started happening. The other thing that I thought was impressive, how tough Lattimore and Taylor were on you guys. I mean, they, there was a play, you had a little hook route, you're right there, and I know he was on your back. You will say he was on your back, right? But that kind of stuff was going on, and it didn't phase you. You knew they were physical. Uh, There were balls that were in hands that either got knocked away. There were some PBUs. They were really tough. But all of a sudden, you started finishing. Yeah, and it was just kind of a conversation that had to be had between the offense and the receivers. Like, look, we see what type of game it's going to be. You know, we're not getting no calls at home. That happens. You just got to be able to play through it, you know, and we just came together and said, look, you know, they're, they're being aggressive. They're not getting called for anything, so we just got to match that energy and, and be aggressive right back. And the two calls you finally did get back-to-back, what, 45 yards and 24 yards all of a sudden. Okay. Yeah, and that, that was another thing we're saying, like, keep, keep running routes aggressive how we're doing it, and, and the calls will come. And they did. They did. So it's 17 nothing. then it's 17-3. You get – the touchdown to make it 17-9. The call comes in, hey, two-point conversion here. Let's let's try to get to 11, not 10. Let's play some analytics here. Walk us through that two-point conversion play. Yeah, I mean, we we did not know that was coming. You know what I'm saying? Like, we scored that touchdown. Yeah, I could tell Jay Reed wasn't sure where to go on the motion. We, we scored that touchdown. We're all running off the field, and they're saying, stay, stay, go for two, go for two. And in that moment, like, 
you don't really have any time to think about it or like look at the score. It's just like, all right, we're going for two. We got to get this. And you got it. But it wasn't exactly like you draw it up. Right. Talked to you yesterday about it. You yeah. know, you run what? Uh, you said it in route? Yeah, I was running like kind of a backline route, but that's just how it goes uh, when you have Jay Love at quarterback. It, things never go on schedule. You know what I'm saying? So. I had an in route, and they called the right coverage for it. They cut off the middle of the field, and I kind of felt space out to my left, and I felt that there was no one there. So I kind of moved moved to my right a little bit, and I see Jay Love look at me and, like, halfway pump fake, but he doesn't throw it. And then I see him run the other way. He goes to his right. This dude runs the opposite way and then throws it back to me without even really looking at me. Like, he looked at me as he's throwing the ball. But I just know with J-Love, we've seen that so many times in practice. Like, you always just got to be able to find space and keep your eyes on him. I've noticed that with him more and more as this thing is going along, as all of a sudden he's going to just snap it, you know, uh, on almost instinct. Uh, He knew you were there, but then he had to break the pressure, Mm. give himself just another step or two, and then snapped it. I don't know. Did you see Dan Orlovsky's breakdown of the play? Yeah, yeah, today? yeah. I he watched thought that it. was one of the most remarkable throws of the season. Yeah, and that people never like really understand when I say it, but he does stuff like that all the we time see it in, in practice. practice. I have seen it, and he practice. was he was doing it last year too on the scout team against our starting defense. And I think that's one of the reasons why we had so much confidence in him going into this year because we've seen him make that play a million times. And that's what nobody out here has seen other than right. a start in Kansas City and a two-series show in Philadelphia. They really didn't realize the growth this guy has put on tape at practice throughout the course of his three years' apprenticeship. Yeah, and, you know, not not even just here, but no one in the country has really seen it. You know, you, you got these dudes on NFL Network and ESPN saying, Jordan Love can't play football and they've never really seen him play. Ooh, I saw that one. They're all super quiet right now. Yeah, yeah, they are. It, it, <laughs> it was on social media yesterday at the end of three quarters, it was all ripping on love, and it was all a joke, and this guy is nothing. And then all of a sudden, those same people who were Xing on X started changing their tune like, man, hell of a comeback. Yeah. This guy can play Maybe ball. Maybe this guy's got something. Yeah. Maybe he does. Samari Turi's got it for sure. We're going to take a break. When we come back, the fun and games really ramp up. We'll look for a hot and cold play from that win yesterday and more with the Cornhusker Whiteout when the fifth quarter returns to Narrowbridge right after this timeout. Samari Turi, our guest tonight. Nebraska Cornhusker uh, moved there for one season after starting out at the uh, University of Montana for three years. Uh Talk about the change and uh, why I wanted to jump into the Big Ten. I think I know the reason, and I think you proved the reason right. Yeah, you know, I, I love Montana, but first of all, it was during that COVID year, too, so they had actually... Yeah, yeah, you're in that group of guys yeah. coming out that had to be a mess. Man. Yeah, FCS, they, they had canceled our season, actually. You know, FBS, they, they, they made it happen because they had the money, but FCS couldn't yeah. do it. Yeah, the money. Yeah, yeah, big point. Right. But also, you know, I just wanted to, to go against better competition. You know, I felt like I had proved everything that I could prove, you know, at the FCS level. And I just I just wanted to challenge myself. And, you know, the only thing that I felt like scouts could say is he hasn't gone against, you know, power five competition. 
So that was kind of my mindset when I decided to to move to Nebraska and and play in the Big Ten. Well, how, how did you out. end up at Montana? How, how did you select Montana? What was that uh, process like? I mean, it was really one of my only offers. Like okay. I, I had Montana, I had Air Force. And uh, I had Georgetown, if y'all even know that they have a football sure. team. I did not yeah, know that. I was no, going to say. They do, right. yeah. I didn't know you hooped. I thought you were just a track <laughs> no, guy with yeah. football in high school. Now, if I had Georgetown for basketball, I might not be here right now. All right. But, yeah. um, <laughs> you know, Montana was – it kind of just fell into my hands because my my head coach actually – had a family member that knew the coach at Montana. Okay. So, like, it was just a connection type thing. Like, they All weren't right. even really looking for me. It just kind of kind of happened that way, and it worked out for the best. Yeah, it worked out in Lincoln, too. You led the Big Ten in average yards per catch, over 19-plus, a uh, handful of touchdowns. Packers give you a call in round number seven. Barely. The yeah. last uh, pick in the seventh round that year. Almost Mr. Irrelevant. Yeah, it was pick number 258. What was the draft process like you for you as Thursday goes by and Friday goes by? Now, hey, Saturday's here. This this is the day. Walk yeah. us through what that was like for you. So I, I figured I was going on day three, but I didn't really know what round. You know, I was hearing fifth, sixth, seventh. Like you know how it goes. You, you hear a multitude of things, but you know, yeah. As as it started ticking down towards that the end of that seventh round, I'm I'm already on the phone with other teams. You know, talking about undrafted free agent to right. where, you know, I could essentially choose, you know, where I could go. And I, I was talking to a number of teams, you know, ready to really sign. And then, you know, uh, what was it, five picks before the last pick of the draft? Uh, I get a call from Green Bay. When I get the call from Green Bay, I'm just thinking it's another one, a negotiation talking right. about hey, an undrafted yeah, free agent. If you don't get a call, we want to call and you I, back. And I, and I was about sick of getting those. I right, can imagine. Because uh, the Seahawks had called me, Pete Carroll called me going into the seventh round, and he said, you know, if, if we're going with a receiver in the second round, we're go- or in the seventh round, we're going with you. And, you know, I was hyped about it because, you know, I'm from Portland, Seattle's yeah. right up the road. And then they, they picked two receivers in the seventh round back-to-back, and, and it's not me. Ah, bastard Pete Carroll. And then he has another call me again after they make those picks. <laughs> oh, no. And he says – Hey, if you don't get picked, we still want you to sign with the Seahawks. Don't tell us what you told Carol at the nah, end of that nah. conversation. <laughs> nah, it's actually funny because I was like, I was like, yeah, 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 okay, and I hung up. And my mom's like, who was that? And I was like, that's Pete Carroll. She was like, you just talked to Pete Carroll like that? I'm like, <laughs> somebody had to. But mom, you don't understand. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was a long day, man. But you know, I'm happy Green Bay picked me, and uh, you know, I'm happy to be here. It's it all worked out. out. Because you impressed, even with a Christian Watson and a Romeo Dobbs taken in front of you, it was a trio coming in last year. Three more taken this year. I think you understand what Guilty's doing now. You know, yeah, with yeah. This group that can grow with a first year starting quarterback. This right. could be pretty interesting. Yeah, and I think everybody else is starting to see it too. You I know what I'm so saying? Cuz well, you know, we got a lot of young guys, but that's that can be a positive just as much as it is a negative, you know, especially when you got the right vets in there who who have the right culture set and you know, we're we're all working. I don't think any of our rookies are playing like rookies right now to be honest. I was going to ask you, Jay Reed Wicks, I mean, yeah. these guys are these guys are involved in really Helping the cause. Yeah, and I really, I, th- I think it's just part of the standard that you know we've set, you know, at Green Bay, which, you know, 
last year when we had the vets like Alan Lazar, Randall Cobb, Sammy Watkins, they all kind of set the standard for us so we knew how to practice uh, and how to prepare, and we're just trying to pass that down. Good studies. You guys in, were good studies. In your second year now, do you remember what your welcome to the NFL moment was, positive or negative? Um, I don't think there's really one moment, but just throughout my rookie year, you know, there was just a lot of times where, yeah, I was active, but I wasn't really expecting to play. You know what I'm saying? We, we have, I think, five receivers up in front of me. But then before you know it, in the Detroit game, Christian goes down, yeah. and then Romeo goes down, and it's like, it's like next man up. It doesn't matter if you didn't think you were going to play all week. The game's here now, and you got to perform. So do you remember every step of the 37-yarder against the Bills? Against the, oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> I bet you do. Yeah, and even, even that Detroit game as well, it's just it's all happening so fast in the moment. Uh, but I think after the game, you really get a chance to reflect and, and make, make use of it. Yeah, you caught one of many from one of the all-timers for sure. Samari Turi, yeah. our guest now. We're going to take another break. When we come back, get set for the hot play and the cold play of the day. We'll do that when we return to Narrowbridge right after this. After one of the most improbable wins at Lambeau Field that I can recall, 18-17 over the Saints yesterday, that was a lot of fun. Time now for our hot and cold play contest. You know how it works. Our friends from Robinson's will give you a prize package tonight if you guess the hot play of the day. And not only that, you'll be qualified for a grand prize drawing at the end of the season, and that's usually a biggie from our friends at Robinson. So step on up to the microphone and give us your name and your shot at the hot play of the day yesterday. I'm Jeff Pissarro, and I got to go with the two-point conversion. Got to go with the two-point conversion? Mm, not a, not it. Sorry, Samari. Yeah. Sorry. Hey, that's that's nice a good choice, though. That's a good I choice. Was, oh, I, I, yeah, I, I like that. I like yeah. It was a hot play. Player's choice, yeah. You, mean, a, you, might, you might say that was the sexy play of the day, yeah, but that, not the hot play. That was, yeah. Not the hot play. That was a gamble. Hi, buddy. What's your name? Romeo Dobbs touchdown throw. Well, that was a good catch. The hot play of the day. Catch yeah. the comeback. Love on third down to the end zone. What a catch. Touchdown. Love to Dobbs. Love to Dobbs. Kenny Albert on the call on Fox. Romeo said he had set up Isaac Yadam just a tad on the fade ball on second down. So how did he come down with it on third? Trust, man. You know. Things like that come by. It always starts from practice throughout the week. You know, we work on it all the time. And, um, you know, first two reps, I'll give them the credit. I just came down with it on the third one. Well, that was something. We'll get to the cold play in a minute, but a quick thought on that. Um, everyone's marveling at how strong Romeo's hands are. If it's close and he made the contested catch in Chicago, he did it again yesterday. Talk about this guy a little bit. Yeah, Rome. He just got. He just got that. That those all-state hands. You know. You know you're in good hands if you're throwing him the ball. I mean, he just. If you see a one-on-one matchup with him in the red zone, it's it's really over with. And you saw it last year. You know, he did it in the New England game. He yep. did it in the preseason Saints game. It's something he's always been doing. Contested catches, man. Quarterback's best friend. You throw it up there, they're going to go get it. That is for sure. That's our hot play of the day. Who's our winner there, Z? Uh, he's got the slip. Uh, he's got the slip. He'll fill it out. Jersey Mike's. Uh, he's wearing the jersey anyway. Yeah. All right. Well, we did the hot plate. Now let's try the cold play, shall we? Cold play of the day. Same thing. You're going to take home the hat and the mug and get qualified if you are correct. And another youngster. Hi, buddy. What's your name? My name is 
my name is Max, and I think the cold play is the punt return touchdown. Well, it's the young man's game, they say, and it is tonight. That's for sure. You're right. Shades of 2021 revisited. Packers special teams, yeah, delivering a chill on a sunny day. Puck fielded at the 24 by Shaheed. Uh -oh. Shaheed across midfield. Shaheed is going to take this all the way for a Saints touchdown. 76 yards. Jeez, yeah, it opened up for sure. The leader of the cover unit down on Levitt on what went wrong. They did double our flyers and obvious return look. I got to do a better job getting out. They went hat for a hat, and frankly, I put it on myself. I got to make that play. I released the wrong way to the point. I should have released to the right, and I went left, and I think that allowed the lane to open up. I, I, I put it on me. Nah, it's not on you, Dallin. It was a whole bunch of them. Smart, you're a teamer. You've been on those cover units. You're a gunner. Uh, boy, lane integrity is everything, isn't it? Yeah, and that, that one hurt. I know that hurt Rich because, oh, yeah. you know, we, we take pride in, in special teams, you know, to a different level. And to let something like that happen, you know, that just sucks because I feel like that's not us as a team. We've been really good about – you know, limiting, you know, game-changing plays on special Longest teams. return before that was 16. Exactly. Yeah, so not a punt. It, it just sucks to let, let something up like that, but, you know, we're going to watch the film and get better from All it. All right. Well, anyway, we got a hot and cold play winner, so you are in for the rest of the season. We'll do it every week here on the fifth quarter, thanks to our friends at Robinson's. Short week. Um, how long does it take you to recover normally and how fast you got to do it? I suppose by tomorrow's practice, right? Yeah, I mean, usually it takes about until Wednesday, but yesterday was our Wednesday, you know, essentially. I know. Today, today was our off day, but, you know, we still had to go in and do a workout, and then we're right back to practice tomorrow, practice Wednesday, and then we play again Thursday. Do players loathe these Thursdays, or do they just appreciate the long weekend after Thursdays? Uh, I think it's a little combination of both. Um, it, it always sucks having to go right back to it before you give your chance, your body a chance to really recover. But it's kind of just like a mindset thing because they have to do the same thing we yeah, do. And they're you know traveling too. Yeah, and they're traveling to us. So we just got to make the most of it. And I said on cover two last night over on BAY TV that you know, there's enough guys around that remember January with this team. And they've been thumping their chest. Sticking it out, figuring it's their turn now in the NFC North. Yeah, not so fast, right? Yeah, that that's something that you know we don't really talk about much anymore. We left it in the True. past, but we still feel it for sure. Yeah, and uh, I bet a lot of those emotions are going to come back when we see them on our field because you know the last time we saw them on their on our field, they they ended our season and they were they were dancing all the way back to Detroit. So. That's something that we always keep in the back of our minds. To get to the lead of the division at the quarter pole for this young team would be massive, Samari. It would be just massive. So little was expected of this Packer team with A-Rod in New York. And, and now here you are with a chance to kind of just make a very big statement before the calendar hits October. Yeah, you know, we, we always love those divisional games. Basically counts as two games, you know what I'm saying? So we're definitely looking forward to it. But at the same time, it's a long season. This is our, our first of two matchups with them. So we just want to take it one game at a time, one practice at a time, and, and, and hopefully, you know, reach our goal yeah. at the end of the season. Miami put up 70 on Denver yesterday. <laughs> Denver, Denver scores 20, 50-point win. 
For you in, in your playing career at any level, what was the most lopsided game you were a part of? Could be a win or a loss. Dang, you're trying to put me on blast with this one. Um, <laughs> it was my, my first year at Montana. We went to University of Washington. And that it was it was 2017, so that was when, you know, they were I think they were top five. They were like three or four in the nation. They that's when they had Jake Browning, Taylor Rapp, Miles Gaskin. <laughs> I, I think that one, that one was about 63-7. So, right. ouch, 63-7. That one hurt. And I was on I was on kick return for the first time. And 63 is a lot of points, so that's a lot of returns. <laughs> of me getting hit, so. I'll definitely soar after that one for sure. What, what's it like to be a part of a game like that, especially on the losing end where you're like, man, what? we still have to play this thing for like three more quarters or two more quarters. Yeah, and it's tough because it's an FCS versus FBS mm-hmm. kind of setup game. So it's like, man, you cashed a check. Montana cashed a nice But it's like, what do you really tell your team going into that? You know I what know, I mean? I know. And, and, and we believe, trust me, we did. But Well, you got to. You know, we were just outmanned and outmatched. So you just got to take that one to the chin and then go back to Missoula and hopefully get the next one. Um, getting to know you a little bit better, Sauce Gardner for the Jets says that QB Matt jo- Mac Jones for the Patriots popped him in his baby maker yesterday yeah, during a scrum. He actually put out a video saw that. online because Sauce doesn't want to get fined. He's like, no, here's evidence. Yeah. So any level of your career, you ever got popped there? Yeah, I got popped there a few times. And I have some people ask me, they'll, they'll be like, you don't wear a cup in football? I'm like, I'm like, no, like, I mean, I guess it's a good idea, but yeah, I got, I got popped there a few times. It was never intentional, you know. Never intentional. Allegedly, okay. allegedly like what Mac did. I'm not yeah. sure, but yeah, it, it's kind of something that's unavoidable after all, all those years of playing football. <laughs> have you come across real dirty players? At any whether it was college, I know a short run in the NFL, but I mean, do you, any dirty players come to mind for you? Yeah, I feel like th- there was a few in college, and I don't think it was just the players; it was the team as well. I feel like when when players are dirty like that, I think is sometimes it might be encouraged by the coaches. Ooh, what programs? I, wow. I'm, I'm not gonna put them out there like that. I'm not gonna put them out there like nice that. Try, but, Z. Nice try, Nice <laughs> try. Nice try. That's why we ask the questions. We want the details. Yeah. So you grew up in Portland. Yes, sir. Nice nice little neighborhood. I got a sister who lives in Vancouver just down the road. Yeah, from Portland, born and raised, um, Pacific Northwest. A little different than the Midwest, but, you know, I, I like it out here. You've adjusted well. I mean, you've adjusted well. There's no question about it. Uh, all right, Samari, uh, what do you know early on about the Lion defense? Uh, they bring a bit of the Dan Campbell no nonsense stuff to them. Uh, yeah, they're they're a very aggressive defense. I feel like they're well coached. And one thing that we like as as receivers is they play a lot of man coverage. You know, they like to challenge you on, on third down, and it's kind of like I like my men against yours. Well, they came after it yesterday. Seven sacks, I think, ahead of uh, Mr. Ritter of the Falcons. Uh, yeah, 183 yards or so. It was a it was a tough day, but they're a different team outside of Motown. They really are. Uh, Jared Goff has been really, really good at home. Okay on the road uh, in their run so far together in Detroit. Did I, after Romeo Dobbs caught that go-ahead touchdown, 
Did I see him doing a heart? Yeah, he threw that heart up. He threw that heart up for J Love. Is that, that is that a thing now with the team, especially on offense among the wide receivers throwing up the heart? Yeah, I mean, big play? The, the first the first time I saw that was actually family night. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, really? Yeah, okay. when Jay, I think Jay Reed and uh, Romeo and Christian were throwing it up uh, when J Love was talking to the fans. But yeah, I don't know. That might be something that you guys got to stay tuned for. You know, in the I near think future, we'll see a little bit more of it. That's you do sure. have to do some big kind of a heart celebration with the team in the end zone. Something I don't know. Yeah, yeah, we'll definitely cook some up. We definitely right. will. Sounds good. A couple of quick notes. They didn't practice today, but if they had, um, Rashawn Gary, Aaron Jones would have been limited. Jair. David Bakhtiari, uh, Devondre, Elton, Zach Tom, who had a a knee injury. They don't think it's anything real serious, but he took a nasty slip. Uh, Carrington Valentine with the biceps, Christian with his hammy, and Zane Anderson would not have practiced. Still, again, like I said at the very top, daunting when I saw that inactive list. And Christian, I know really close. I know he's really close. I've been watching him run. But still, uh, how you guys all came together and got that done yesterday uh, in, in so many different odds stacked against you. Very, very impressive win for this team. And like I said, it should put a ton of wind in your sails here. Uh, into the short week, then a little bit of a break. Then you go out to Vegas, another little break. And I have a feeling you get through all of this, everyone's back, and away you go. Yeah, exactly. You know, it, it's always tough being without some of your best players, you know, on both sides of the ball. But... um one thing about the dudes who are injured and aren't practicing, they're still very present in the locker room. True. And they're, they're always in our ears, and they're always, you know, giving us good advice. And it just builds us a lot of confidence, honestly, when we can pull off a win like that, you know, without them. I know you want got just a second left, but uh, your bike rider is here. Aiden, right? Yeah. Been up for two years. Hey, Aiden. Thanks yeah. for coming out to the show, buddy. Yeah, shout out to my boy Aiden, man. Uh, how, how are his wheels? Look, man, he don't even know. That's the real reason I went up to him in the first place. Because you know they have all the kids with the, with the little bikes that oh, hurt your knees. Trikes? Yeah, I've seen the big guys I, on yeah, them. Yeah, I saw Aiden with that big boy bike. I said, yeah, let me go ahead and get up on that. <laughs> That's awesome. And well, what a go. cool tradition, too. Oh, that is great. With this organization. Yeah, yeah. As, as long as we're shouting out fans. The entire country of Germany is here tonight. Yes. Shout out to our they friends of Deutschland. There we go. There we go. They were all at Lambo for the game yesterday. I took German all through high school. I wish I could say that in German, in love we trust, but I can't. Yeah. Anyway. That's great. Ich liebe dich. I know that. All right. Samari, it was fantastic. I'm really glad we could get together and visit. Uh, you were great. Fans love you. Stay healthy. Get after the Lions, and let's go. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me.